The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Africa Business Report brought to you by Nedbank Corporate and Investment Banking, partner with the bank that puts sustainability at its heart. See money differently, Nedbank. Oh my goodness gracious me, we thought the private sector was the answer to everything, Diana Games. Um, we've been talking about the private sector getting involved with ESCOM for years and years and years. And you've got a story out of Nigeria which suggests that it's not the panacea for everything. Well, <laughs> that's right. That's the reason that to talk about the story, um, the Nigeria's um, electricity grid, grid here collapsed this week. It was brief, but it's not the first time it's happened. It happened twice in late 2019 as well. But I think the instructive thing is, you know, we, we as you say, we do seem to think of privatization as the panacea, but the timing is important. And in the case of Nigeria, um, they, they did seven years ago, um, they did privatize generation and transmission. But there were a range of problems that's never come out. And in fact, if anything, it's, uh, people are getting the same amount of power they got before the privatization, which is very little and it's unreliable. Um, but the, the privatization process essentially was, was very flawed because the, the assets were, were to, uh, had deteriorated over many years of underinvestment um, and, and looting and all of the issues that we are experiencing here. And uh, so they were never able to kind of get the thing up to speed. They, they overpaid for assets. Um, the assets that were in worse condition than a lot of the private sector people who took them over thought they had that they were. And they just never, as I say, got this thing um, properly, properly up and running. And, and, and we're still in a situation where 45% of Nigerians have only have access to grid power. So, um, and the distribution output is a fraction of what we have in South Africa. So, there's, you know, there's a lot of issues, and one of the big issues they have is people don't want to pay because they don't have, um, they're not getting reliable power. So, uh, that hasn't helped these newly privatized companies to raise money. The tariffs were too low, so they, the investors didn't want to come in. Um, and there's been a lot of issues, which I, I do think often in Africa we tend to go to Singapore and places like that to government uh, officials and they want to look for an example of what to do. But I think we also need to look at what went wrong. As a, as a way of, of uh, figuring out, you know, there's a way to go about things. And this, this is quite instructive, I think, for Disney, for people in ESCOM to look at. Uh, absolutely. It sounds absolutely critical. When you talk about the, the electricity grid collapsing, I mean, is this Nigeria's equivalent of load shedding or is it more serious? Well, it's, it's countrywide. I mean, they do have, there's a lot of um, power cuts all the time and that's regular, but the, the, the entire grid collapse is not, not a regular thing, but the fact that it happens at all is, is obviously worrying. And I mean, this is not the first time. It is brief, and it, t- it takes a while to get it all up and running again. But, you know, I think it's just uh, p- the portent is, you know, what, what, what you know, is this going to become more regular? I think there's always a worry um, about about what, what triggered it and, and where, where you go from there. So I think that there's, um, th- there's a lot of risk in that system. And of course, it's, it's absolutely critical to the future of Nigeria to sort this thing out, and they have brought in Siemens um, in, a, in a, a big deal with the government to actually upgrade and expand all the power infrastructure. I mean, it's a huge project, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, sorry, we just lost you there, Diana Gams. I'm hoping your cell phone signal holds up. I don't want to be critical of Nigeria's electricity grid when. Our own cell phone networks are letting us down. But um, Zimbabwe reopening its land borders, finally. I mean, goodness me, their borders have been closed for the last eight months and it's wrought havoc for, for their neighbours, for us, for everybody, really. 
and 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 yet they they will tell you that they've had barely been touched by the COVID um, virus, and that in fact their their economy is doing well, and they have had some COVID um, uh, restrictions in place and so on. But it is interesting that they're so dependent as a landlocked country that they will keep their borders closed this long. Um, and uh, so one December um, this week is when they opened them, and of course this is to accommodate, I think, in part the huge movement of people through to um, you know from the from South Africa, all sorts of dramas at the border post, um, in addition to the ones that already existed by bridge, which which are considerable and regular. Sorry, Tiki, so let's try and get Diana Games on a better cell phone. So, uh, why do we struggle? Does every show struggle? I mean, you listen to the radio station. Um, I, I hear occasionally, you know, the lines go wobbly and uh, my colleagues get get grumpy at the, uh, at the infractions of the cell phone operators. But um, it just seems just to be happening more and more where cell phone signals are letting us down. I'll shapeshift to tomorrow. Oh, I'll shapeshift to tomorrow. Oh, I hope he doesn't cancel. Ralph Mopita, MTN. Talk to him. Maybe we should take your calls on MTN lines and see if they hold up. <laughs> and then we can get him to take the calls live uh, and, and deal with those. Diana Games, I'm hoping the cell phone signal's a bit better. Up in Zimbabwe, I mean, sounding really upbeat. I mean, yes, they've got hyperinflation, um, but they're seeing some economic growth. How do the two sort of intersect? Well, I think it depends who your sources are to some extent. You know, if you're looking at the government um, information service, uh, you know, they're predicting point. 4% growth in um, 2021. Now, as you said, this is a country off a very low base, 800% inflation, um, etc. So uh, they're relying heavily on the mining industry to, to generate that growth. And they have, there's been, you know, gold and platinum are, are sort of clear leaders in the, in the mining sector. They were put a, pinned a, a lot on the diamond sector, but in fact, that's the prices have fallen out the bottom of the diamond industry. So that's not going to happen. So, uh, you know, mining might carry them through. They have big ambitions for that sector, but there's so much that needs to be done. And, you know, there's, um, there's a lot of issues in tourism, which is another big sector, and agriculture and, and so on and so forth. So it's interesting that the IMF is not nearly so upbeat. They reckon it's going to be more like 4% growth um, off, off a contraction of 10, more than 10% this, uh, this year. So we'll see. I mean, it's good for us if Zimbabwe is doing well. So uh, maybe there'll be a few immigrants across that uh, the border at Bight Bridge, um, which the Zimbabwe authorities say they fi- they're dealing with 40 immigration violations, as they call them, every day. And, of course, we've seen pictures of that in our media here of people literally just walking across the border. So they are hoping that when the good rains come, the Limpopo will fill up and that will that will put an end to this easy um, uh, sort of a crossing at, at the uh, border. The fence that, that we put up is not stopping anybody. So, um, no, but yeah, but there's there's only one way to to sustainably fix the the border crossings issue, and that is to create more opportunity for Zimbabwe to create more opportunity for more opportunity to be in that economy, and then jobs will be created, and then you know people want to be home. They don't necessarily want to be, you know, swimming crocodile infested rivers and things to leave home. It's a it's a terrible uh, indictment on that economy, and of course South Africa offering lots and lots of promise. Diana Games, thank you, Chief Executive of Africa at Work this evening.
understanding. Uh, tough cell phone signal for us tonight. But in a moment, um, Eyewitness News, that's coming up at half past seven. And then uh, Headmaster, he's donning his academic gown. He's got his mortarboard. It's that flat hatty thing that, you know, uh, the, the, the whiz kids get when they graduate. Um, because Mdudusi Lutuli is Headmaster of our investment school this evening to talk about bias and behavior and your behavior biases and how that, he believes, destroys more wealth than fees do. And fees get a tough rap, and they should get a tough rap, because particularly in an environment where investment performance has been incredibly poor, um, and you see the value of your money um, not keeping up with inflation, and it hasn't, certainly not in retirement funds on average, for the last six years or thereabouts. This year hopefully is a better year. Um, but, you know, where the rest of the world has been flying on cheap money and um, oxygen and Red Bull, South Africa has been tied up in knots of state capture and you know, crookery and skullduggery and just nastiness for so long that it's had a dreadful economic impact. And that dreadful economic impact has played out, of course, on shares that your uh, asset managers invest in. So, you know, they've got a limited universe they can invest in. But at the same time, um, you know, it's a really, really tough environment. So that is going to affect your mindset when it comes to investing. It's going to affect the way you behave when it comes to investing. You buy at the wrong time, you sell at the wrong time, you do the wrong thing at the wrong time. For Mdudusi Lutuli this evening, it's to try and help you do more of the right things more of the time in a couple of minutes.